today I'm going to continue in my series uh, called Grind, and it's a series to help you at work. And two weeks ago I began it, and I talked about the meaning of work, and what we discovered is that God works His work through our work. And then last week I talked a bit about ethics at work, and we saw that the way we work reveals what we believe to be true about God. And so if you missed those talks, you can go to podcast.neartownchurch.org and listen to those. But today what I want to talk about is collaboration at work. So there's a popular phrase meant to inspire about teamwork. It will be familiar to you, and so I'm going to have you help me finish it. It goes a little something like this. Teamwork makes it difficult to enjoy work. Or teamwork makes me want to choke somebody out. Or or teamwork makes everything slower. Can I get an amen? Teamwork makes me do my work and someone else's work. Here's the reality about teamwork. It doesn't always make you feel like it's a dream working. And the reality is that collaboration can make you dread your job. An inadequate collaboration is often the cause of failure on a project. So a survey by Salesforce says that 86% of employees and executives cite lack of collaboration or ineffective communication for workplace failures. Collaboration can be very difficult. In fact, it's so important that teams collaborate that Google, a moment of respect for Google, the god of business, in 2012, They spent a lot of money putting a team together to figure out what makes teams work, and they called it Project Aristotle. And they had a difficult time figuring out why teams that worked actually worked because they weren't all the same. But what they discovered is that it is important for teams to be able to collaborate to accomplish goals. And all of you, nearly all of you, work at some point in your job with a team of people. And what we believe about the Christian faith is that the Christian faith is more than a set of bullet points that you agree with. The Christian faith is something that actually helps you show up at work in a way that honors God. And so collaboration with a team of people should not be the thing that's the most difficult about your job. It should not be the thing that that you dread. There are going to be things about your job that are difficult. And you can enjoy collaboration. Here's a word of hope for you. You can enjoy collaboration no matter who is on your team and no matter what your personality is like. So you may be introverted, and one reason you have a difficult time being on a team is because you just like don't be like you don't like being around people. Raise your hand if you don't like being around people. Just make the person next to you feel weird, but you know, whatever. <clears throat> you can enjoy collaboration uh, in a way that honors God. Man, there's hope for that. Now, did you know, just quick point here, we are hardwired because we're made in the image of God to enjoy or to be a part of collaborative relationships. So just, just quickly, so God is one being in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God the Father relates to God the Son, and God the Spirit relates to God the Father. The three of them relate to one another, and as a unit... They function in a collaborative way to accomplish the purpose of God. We are made in the image of God. So it's safe to say that we, as people made in the image of God, are by nature made for collaborative relationships. 
So I want you to be transformed this morning. I want you to be transformed by God's word from a helpless collaborator to a hopeful collaborator. Do you know the helpless collaborator? The helpless collaborator is the person who, when invited into collaboration, is just like, (sighs) or feels like they're going to have to endure it. Or the all-too-famous eye roll. Oh, man, i got to be a part of this team. But I want to move you to a hopeful collaborator, which is someone that when you think about collaborating with teammates, no matter what they're like, you're smiling. You are a life-giving presence, and you are a producer as a part of your team, which truthfully is a great way to witness how awesome God is. If you're producing as it relates to your responsibilities on your team. So let's talk about what the Bible says and what we can learn from the Bible about collaboration at work. So the greatest collaborative effort ever attempted began with Jesus and his earliest followers. So Jesus had a team of 12 disciples, right? And each of them bore responsibility to the team to accomplish a mission. So I'm trying to build out for you a little bit of a theology of work. Mark chapter 3, verse 13, Jeannie read it. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. So he assembled the team, and the team came to him. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. So there's a mission, right? So you have a team, then there's a mission, part of that mission, verse 15, and have the authority to cast out demons. So for him, this assembling of a team is so important because they're, in fact, going to be doing the work that he was sent by the Father to do. So assembling this team is very important. Strangely enough, the team is quite diverse. One was a tax collector. Several were fishermen. One was politically active. He was known as the zealot. So for three and a half years, this team worked in a collaborative way, training with the team leader, Jesus. He trained them as they watched him, and then he also trained them as he watched them. This team is so important, the greatest team ever assembled with the most important mission ever given was made up of this group of people. And eventually, as a part of this team, Jesus would send out teams of two by two. They would go do something as a part of the mission, then they'd come back to him. They were given authority, direction, and opportunity. So this team, oh, also, Jesus followed up with them. He reviewed what they did, and then he corrected them, and then he invited them to rest. So every person understood to some degree that they were working together for a greater purpose to accomplish the work of God in the world. So in a sense, this team is like your team, put together by God for a greater purpose. Here's a difference, though, and I'll admit it, is that not everybody on your team at work really wants to follow Jesus, right? I mean, I know that's true. I hope that you're on a team with people some of whom don't want to follow Jesus. Because I do believe that God works his work through your work, and so one reason you're on that team is because you're getting to do what God wants you to do as a part of his mission, which we'll talk about. God puts you on a team at work to be the visible expression of Jesus Christ. Now think about this. You may be the best picture on your team of Jesus that people have ever seen. So when I was a kid... Before I became a Christian and people around me would talk about Jesus, I would think of the most spiritual, godly, good person I would know, which was my grandmother. So my grandmother had polio as a child. She was a real weak, feeble lady. 
I don't ever remember a time where she didn't walk around with a cane. She couldn't b- bend her right leg because of it, uh, the effect of polio on her body. But she was like a saint. I mean, she was a godly woman. It's like everything she said was good and right and true. And although we would all be over at her house and she was the smallest figure, anytime she spoke, it like arrested the attention of everybody. So when I was, before I became a Christian, even my early years of a Christian, when somebody would say, Jesus, I would imagine her. Well, I got a little bit older and after becoming a Christian. And when somebody would mention the name of Jesus, and as I was discovering what he looked like as according to the scriptures, I would also think about like my youth pastor or godly men in my life, spiritual people. You know, all of us hopefully have some of those. I mean, now... When I, when I picture who is Jesus, I mean, like many of you, I think of J.J. Watt. So you, in fact, may have in your mind a picture of somebody when you think about the most godly person you know. Do you know that on your team, when people think about Jesus or hear about God, they may, in fact, think about you because you're a Christian. You are the best expression of a visible Jesus on your team. Now, some of you may be thinking, "Uh uh-oh, that might not be so good because I'm not sure anybody on my team would even know or believe I'm a Christian by the way I act on that team. You see, collaborating is not easy. Collaborating is not easy. Uh, Jesus had difficulty with his team. You know, even on Jesus' team, there were some problems. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 43 through 45 uh, we see this, this time in their, their, his ministry and his work with them where they were fearful. I'll read the first couple of verses and then verse 45 will be on the screen. But while everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, listen carefully what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. I mean, this, this is big news. Big news. But they did not understand, verse 45 said, they did not understand what it meant, and it was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him. There was fear on the team. Jesus dealt with that. It causes problems in collaboration. You know, they also argued. Luke chapter 9, verse 46, just a verse later. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus has just told his team, I am about to die as a part of the mission of God. They're fearful, and then they begin arguing about which of them is the greatest. Clearly, they're not gripped by the mission. They've walked with Jesus for some time at this point, probably a couple years. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he took a little child. He was patient with them in this moment, and he had had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for it is the one who is the least among you who is the greatest. Uh, But his team fearful, they, they argued. And Jesus did get frustrated. Raise your hand if you've ever gotten frustrated with your team. Of course you have. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus. I mean, this is the mission, right? Jesus, as a part of his mission, is communicating that people that are in the margins get to experience a relationship with the Holy God. Some of those people that are in the margins are children. And so for the spiritual elite, they, the children were an annoyance. They wanted to keep them in the margins. Get away from me. Leave us alone. Only the really important religious people got to get near the rabbi. But Jesus is communicating that this kingdom is different. This mission is different. So people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. 
When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. This means angry because they didn't quite get the mission. So even on this team, Jesus got frustrated with them. And again, he says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. This tells a bit about the mission of Jesus in his public uh, life. And the team that he's a part of, they're not collaborating quite right. So the question on the table for us is, how can God transform you from a helpless collaborator to a hopeful collaborator? Just a few things, and then I'm going to be done. First of all, most importantly, what you must do to go from a helpless collaborator to a hopeful collaborator. This is about to blow your mind. Accept your team. But likely, God has assembled it. God is not in heaven surprised by who you're on a team with. It's not like you say, God, would you help me deal with Joe? Because he's a real pain. That God's like, ah, oh, I didn't know that was going on. Oh, I'm so surprised. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you in a, in a situation at work that was difficult. God's like, I know. I put you on the team. Accept your team. Likely, God has assembled it. Your team isn't and won't be perfect. Some of you are frustrated because you haven't been able to be on a team uh, that's perfect. And the common denominator on all the teams that you've been on is what? You. And you know what? Just like the other people on your team, you're not perfect. We all fall short of perfection. We all have moments where we show up on the team and we're fearful, where we lose sight of the mission, little M and big M, which I'll talk about in a minute. Even Jesus had somebody on his team that uh, he was a real pain, Judas. You know, Judas is the one that betrayed Jesus. Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed by Judas, and he didn't kick him off the team. Because him being on the team teaches us a lesson about what it's like to walk in community on a mission, be a part of a team. It's not always pretty. It's not always easy. Accept your team. God knows. You will enjoy the call to collaboration much more if you'll accept the fact that God is sovereign and he put that team together. Now, I know there are times where either the team needs to change, like, People need to get a different, on a different seat on the same bus or somebody needs to get off the bus. I get that. But if you will start by saying, you know what, God, I want to believe that the four or five or six people I've got to work together with on this project are put there by you. And I am going to be the most visible, visible expression of Jesus Christ to these people. That takes it to another level. That helps you put up with the person who loses sight of the mission. That helps you put up with the person who has some relational kind of uh, you know, difficulties. Second thing you must do is focus on the mission. Everybody say mission. So when I say mission, I mean like, let's talk about the mission little m, and then there's the mission big m. First of all, the little m. So at your job or in your school, there is a little m mission of your company. My guess is that uh, most of you don't know what it is, uh, and that is a fault of those that are in management over you. You can blame them. Show up tomorrow and tell them it's your fault, my preacher told me. But you can discover, and there's that little M, and the little M for most of the teams that exist feels like it's about money. But money will never be a good little M mission. Every great company has a clearly defined little M. For instance, Exxon. Their, their little M is something like fueling the world safely and responsibly. 
MD Anderson. What's MD Anderson's little M mission? I don't know what you said, but it's eliminate cancer. Jimmy John's. We have uh, somebody in our church that owns the two Jimmy John's downtown. So if you work downtown, uh, I encourage you to go there. It's a good time. All right, one is in the tunnels. And here's their, here's their mission, little M, freaky fast sandwiches. Freaky fast sandwiches. In fact, I went to the Jimmy John's in the tunnel last week, and I was having a hard time ordering, and they were like, you know, come on. Like, we have to eat freaky fast sandwiches. And I, like, paid, and my sandwich was already at the end. It was delicious. If you're a parent of a young child, if that's your job, you know what your mission, little M, is? To avoid stepping on Legos. That's what it is. Can I get an amen from those that have young children? That's your only mission. Just get them through their Lego years without stepping on one. Okay. So little end mission, and, and, and this, is the, this is the thing. The little end mission happens. It's there. You're a part of it as a part of a team. But then there's the big end mission. The big end mission is the mission of God. The mission of God is that we glorify God and make disciples. That's the mission of God. And there's different ways that talking about it. We as a church talk about our mission. We're inviting busy people to experience the peace of life with Jesus Christ. Jesus describes uh, a part of this mission so clearly in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. He says, Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you might think that this mission... Big M is just for the local church. But did you know that Jesus spoke those words before the first church was established? This mission, Big M, is for all those that follow Christ. So when you show up to work, there's the little M for those Christians that work at Exxon, fueling the world safely and responsibly. For those that work at Jimmy John's, freaky fast sandwiches. But then there's the Big M. The Big M is glorify God and make disciples. Why? Because God works his work through your work. And it's the reason that God puts you on that collaborative team. And so if your attitude on that team is, this is terrible, Uh, you know, I don't want to be here, I don't like this, I'd rather do everything on my own, then what I'm saying to you is you're missing an opportunity to get in on the big M in the world that is the greatest mission ever and began with Jesus and his 12 disciples. Accept your team, focus on the mission. Third thing, as much as you are able, foster the it. The IT. IT is, stands for ideas and talents. Foster the it there. You know, most teams fear the it. They fear the ideas and the talents of others. But what I'm saying to you is if you show up and you have the mindset of like, I am going to foster the it. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, Jeannie read it. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity one who falls and has no one to help them up. There's value in multiple people working together to accomplish a mission. There is. What you have to do when you show up on your team, even if you're not the team leader, is you have to foster the it. Think of ways that you can foster or bring out the ideas and talents of those that are around you. Do you know that some people on your team are a little more introverted? And they're not going to fight to have their voice heard. Do you know what an awesome act of love it would be for you to say, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think we ought to do in this situation? What creative ideas do you have? 
Because here's the thing. You believe not only are you made in the image of God, but everybody on your team is made in the image of God. And so you can believe that the creator God can actually create things through people, even those that do not follow Christ yet. The team that you're on is very diverse. God put it that way. You must accept it. You must focus and foster, uh, focus on the mission. You must foster the it, which is the ideas and talents, and that must be intentional by you. And it's not just so that your team can win and produce. It's not just so that your team can help your company build uh, a greater uh, organization or earn more money. No, here it is. It's your way of saying you're important. You're important. You're important. You're an important part of the team. I care about you. And if you genuinely love and care about the people on your team, you will be interested in their ideas and talents. And you know what? You will be an even greater expression of what Jesus looks like. Because Jesus is the kind of team leader that takes the time to say, no, no, the, no, the, the quieter, the more marginalized, they matter. So come here, let me bring them into the conversation of this mission. So for some of you that are a little quieter on your team, fostering the ideas and talents means that you're going to put yourself out there a little bit more. And one way you can put yourself out there a little bit more is just to believe that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people think about your ideas or your talents because you're a child of God, made in the image of God, loved by God. Jesus died for your sins, and you can go home having failed miserably with the dumbest idea you've ever had and know this, Jesus loves you. So put your ideas out there. Show up on the team. Be present. Contribute. Have some courage. There are others of you that would be uh, better off if you remember James chapter 1, verse 19, where it's be slow to speak, quick to listen. You show up on the team, and you're so forceful and so dominant. I don't know anything about this kind of person at all. Personally, it's hard for me to even think about what it's like to be like this on a team. Typically, when I show up on a team, if I'm not in a good place, I'm just like, okay, everybody, listen, here's what we're going to do. Leave me alone, you know? And that never works. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. So if you're a more dominant voice and if you are more intelligent than other people on the team, just raise your hand if you're usually the smartest person on your team. Come, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I'm raising my hand. No offense, Andrew. No offense, Andrew. Um, no, that's definitely not true. I'm definitely not smarter than Andrew. But So... You can show up on your team. And here, again, I want to say it again and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. It's not about money. It's not about the little M. It's about the big M. It's about what God wants to do through your work to work his work. And the fourth thing, and then I'm really going to bring this to a close, is you've got to pray often. You've got to pray often. You know, Jesus prayed before assembling his team of 12. And and if you will believe that God works his work through your work, then you must also believe that there is a spiritual force that is not godly. It is evil that is working to thwart God's work through your work. So you've got to pray a lot. God, help me to show up. My attitude isn't right today. Help me to show up in a way that brings a visible expression of Jesus Christ and his acceptance and his love and his kindness, his intelligence. Or God, there is a situation. These two people on my team are not getting along, and we can't quite seem to get them to get along. It's creating a negative experience for everybody on the team. So, God, would you just work on that? You know, you can do that. You can go to God because there's no amount of human intellect and leadership skill that's going to keep your team from having problems. None. 
But you know, God can. God can do something. Pray often. Love the passage, Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You need to be a part of a team. You want to enjoy your work. So accept your team. God put it together. Make sure you focus on that mission, not only the little M, but the big M. Foster the ideas and pray often. If you'll do these four things, then you will, in fact, show up to work as an invisible expression of God. And this will help you at work. You'll go from being a helpless collaborator, shoulder shrugging, eye roll, sighing, to a hopeful collaborator. Somebody that actually smiles on the team. Somebody that produces on the team. And so with all of that, I want to give you a call to action. I want you to do something if you're willing to apply what God's word reveals about collaborating on a team. I want for you, we've done this a couple of weeks. It's been a lot of fun to read those of you that have done it. Uh, I want you to post on your social media something like this. I love my team at work because, and then just fill in the blank. Uh, Jake's right over here, and uh, he's a good friend of mine and newish to the church. And uh, how's it going? You doing okay? Does this make me feel weird at all? I'm talking to you? Okay, good. Um, and uh, don't worry, if you're new, I'm not going to do it to you. Uh, Jake, a couple of weeks ago, when I said, hey, I want you to post something as a, as a call to action in the Grind Series, he posted something about his team and even included a photo of them. And it was so beautiful to see. And I was personally encouraged, like, man, what an awesome team to be a part of. Is your team perfect? No. Uh, are there difficulties? Yes, absolutely. But there's a way of encouraging the team. So what I want you to do is post, I love my team at work because, and here's, here's a reason we're doing this. Um, it's a way for those around you to say, you know what, I can actually show love even in situations that aren't always ideal. Here's, if you're not willing to do that, um, then here's another thing that you can do in application of this. Uh, write a note to a coworker expressing appreciation for their efforts and contribution. You know, there was a time when we communicated with coworkers in ways other than email, text, you know, direct messaging. I, I would really encourage you, there's something really powerful about just sitting down and writing a note to your coworker and just saying, you know, I really appreciate your efforts on this project, or I appreciate the way you showed up in this situation, or I just appreciate how hard you work. I promise you, I promise you, if you do this, your team will be better for it. And you know what else? When they think about who a Christian is, they'll begin to see more clearly the Jesus of the Bible. Because you'll show up in a way that's loving and encouraging and gracious and purposeful and intentional. Do you have to write a note for you to show up and be willing to collaborate? No. But if you did, it would be a very tangible way of expressing God's love to that coworker. So there's two things that you can do in application. And, and I just want to kind of conclude the point by saying this. What if you fall short? 
You ever feel like you're on a team and you're working your best and you're trying to? And even some of you right now are feeling kind of down. You're like, man, I've not been great in my team. I've showed up and I've spoken in a way that's certainly not godly. I don't want people to think of Jesus when they think of me because they don't see the Jesus of the Bible. All of us have fallen short. All of us show up on teams. And you know what that is a reminder of? That's a reminder of why we need Jesus. When we fall short, it isn't to, and we acknowledge that and see that as we're talking about God's word, it isn't going, oh, beat up, I'm beat down. No, it's going, oh, I do need God in my life. And I'm so thankful that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And when he died on a cross, there's a mysterious exchange where my sin goes to him and through faith his righteousness is given to me. And then he was raised from the dead and that being raised from the dead gives me the hope of new life in Christ. So when I think about falling short when I'm working in a collaborative team environment, I'm not thinking, oh, beat yourself up. You're not good enough, smart enough. Nor do I want to immediately go to like moral adjustments. I want to immediately as a Christian go to God and go, God, I need more of you in my life. I need to more clearly see Jesus and be filled up with the Holy Spirit so that when I show up my team, I'm not forcing myself to be loving, but I actually am loving. That's the gospel. That's the hope that you have in Christ. We all need Jesus. We've all fallen short. There are some of you here that are not Christ followers. You've not crossed over the line of faith. And I would say to you, just as Jesus told his disciples, as you think about coming to Jesus, would you come with the faith of a child? And just know that he is moving people out of the way, moving religious people out of the way to invite you. And then you get this beautiful process where you begin to be discipled by Jesus in the form of those that are also Christ followers. And you get to grow. And then that way when you show up at work, you are in fact a visible expression of who Jesus is. All right, so let's think on and pray about these things. Would you bow your head? God, I've not always shown up to work being proud of the fact that I am supposed to be a visible expression of who Jesus is on my teams. So God, forgive me. Thank you for the gospel and the good news that says that we are imperfect, which is why Jesus died on a cross and was raised from the dead. He gives us the hope of new life. If you're here and you're not a Christ follower, you've never crossed over the line of faith and you want to acknowledge your sin to God and you want God to forgive your sin, you want to go from being an enemy of God to becoming person who can live at peace with God, then right there where you are, just say whatever's on your heart to them. It might be something like, God, forgive me for my sin. I want you to forgive my sin. I want to follow Christ. For those that have crossed over the line of faith, maybe there's an area of conviction you've experienced today. Maybe you've thought, oh, wow, this is an area I've not been great. Holy Spirit brought that to your mind. I want to encourage you in these next few moments to just pray to God and repent of that sin. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Whatever your response is uh, needing to be today, and you know it's in your heart and your mind.
I want you to do it. And, and maybe it's even praying for your team, praying for those that you're your other teachers or praying for your classmates or praying for your uh, fellow medical students or praying for those that are in your practice or whatever it may be. Uh, just spend some time during this response time doing that. God, we love you. God, we want to respond to you, God, in your word. Thank you for the hope of the gospel. God, because all of us have fallen short. All of us have gotten too focused on the mission little M and ignored the big M mission. All of us have uh, tried to play the role of God by not accepting our team that you put together. All of us have rather than fostering the ideas and talents of others, we've tried to squash them. We've tried to put ourselves forward or we've shrunk back when we've needed to lean in. All of us have fallen short, God. So God, thank you for Jesus good news of the gospel. So beautiful. So God, during this response time, I pray your spirit would just speak to us in the parts of our hearts that I, I could never speak clearly to. We love you and I pray all this in Christ's name.